Welcome to Worked Up, the podcast where you learn to navigate the workplace, business, and your career with a little more ease and a lot less angst so that you can write your own success story. I'm your host, Jacqueline Beck. I'm a business and career strategist and founder of Jacqueline Beck Consulting. A big formula that I I use is passion plus a gap in the market equals success. You could be so passionate about something, but if there's no need for it, you you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to make money. On today's podcast, we have Courtney Rifkind, founder of Coco's Playhouse, children's DJ and entertainer. Courtney and I were introduced through mutual friends, and we have very similar stories in very different ways. We actually ended up going to the same school, majoring in the same thing, and struggling with how to marry both the creative and business aspects of our personalities to ultimately do what brought us joy and what could make a mark on the world. And so it was a really interesting conversation about identity, and I hope you'll enjoy and get a lot out of it. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm very excited to be here. And this is a special day because it's our first recording in a new studio. Woo. Honored. You should be. I am. I really am. And we're branded up the gills today. That's what I'm all about. We have Coco's Playhouse hats. Let's go. Necklaces, shoes, mugs. (laughs) We love branding. I love it. Right? Traditional marketing. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. really excited for this conversation. Me too. So kick it off. Introduce yourself. Let us know what you do. Okay. So I'm Courtney. I am born and raised in Miami. I went to Emory as Jackie went as well. I studied finance and minored in film. And I actually was became a DJ when I was 16 years old. Let me start with the DJing. So growing up, I've always had a very entrepreneurship spirit. Like I played basketball and sports and I was very competitive and I felt like that helped hone in a lot of that. I always had to be doing something. Like I couldn't just be chilling and hanging. I always wanted to be doing something. I had a lot of energy as a kid. And so my, my parents were very open to it. And like, I want a videographer. So they got me a camera. I got, I wanted to be a skateboarder. So they got me skateboard lessons. I wanted to be a professional basketball player. And then I wanted to be an actress, like every young girl. Right. So when I was 16, I went to Los Angeles for an acting camp. Okay. And at the time I was like, I really want to be an actress. And I don't know if it was because I loved acting or because, you know, I was watching movies and seeing all these successful people and how cool and all that fame, fortune. Right. Yeah. And then during one of the, I was taking a Shakespeare hip hop class. Wait, what? Yes, it was like. What is a Shakespeare hip hop class? Doing Shakespeare, but to, I don't even know now. When you I know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of like Othello. Yeah. Do you remember? I mean, I'm older than you. I think I'm just saying yes, maybe. Or not. it was called O. It was with Julia Stiles okay. when we were younger. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, anyway. So it was okay. very cool. So a DJ came in. And with turntables, and he was just like rocking it. And I was just like, whoa, I saw that. And I was like, I'm going to be a female DJ, like just from that. And I think it was, obviously, I love music, but it was like more from a business standpoint, right? How so? Because at the time, there were no female DJs. The only one I knew about was Samantha Ronson. And I knew like, if you're a niche in a market, usually you're successful, right? Or if you do it right. I was like, I'm going to be the next DJ. And in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be a big DJ. And then from there, I'll become an actress because I'll get well known through DJing. Like everyone wants to be an actress, but no one's becoming a female DJ, right? So that was kind of my mindset. I researched it and I was like, wow, there's really no girl DJs. Like, and now 
2023, everybody's a DJ and their mom. Like, there's so many female DJs. I'm not. You're not. <laughs> you probably will be soon. <laughs> it's like crazy though, right? But yeah. at the time, there really weren't any DJs. So yeah. I actually really was onto something. And which will obviously lead to what I'm doing now. Again, my family is super supportive. So I went back and I went to DJ, a DJ school in Miami. Uh, and I learned how to DJ. I had like a mentor and I did my senior project on DJing. And then I went to Emory in Atlanta, Georgia, and I DJed there. I was known as DJ Courtney. All the teachers knew me. So I kind of had a little business going. I was already, yeah. you know, at the time I didn't know I was like an entrepreneur. I just thought I was DJing and making some money. Like, yeah. But when yeah. you look back, yeah, I was hustling and being a DJ. But the thing with me is I'm very creative, but I am also very, like, I like structure and math and finances. So I'm yeah. very left side and I'm very right side. So I was like, I want to go to the business school at Emory, which you have to apply to. And they have a great program. And I did that and I majored in finance. But then I also had the minor in film. So that was my creative. So super cool to merge. Do you know what's funny about that is I too went to the business school at Emory. Okay. And I majored in, I double concentrated. So I did finance and marketing. Okay. And I minored in classical civilization. Wow. And I used to joke that I sold my soul in the business school and I regained it with my minor. Yeah. No, it's true. It's obviously for your resume as well. Right. Like, right. At the end of the day, finance marketing looks better than, what was it that you did? Classical civilization. <laughs> we need to get into that. Basically a minor in mythology. I kind of liked it because when I look back today, it makes sense because you're creative and you're super passionate about something. At the end of the day, it's still a business if you want to make money off of it. Well, what I love about your story, and I know we're just scratching the surface right, right now, but it's really all about identity, yeah. right? Because I think something that resonates with so many people and that so many people struggle with, I went through it myself, is I'm more than just one thing. Right. And I feel like people try and put you in a box, right? You're a finance major. Right. You're a film minor. Right. You are right brain, left brain, right? And what's so interesting about what you've done is you've married your whole identity into Coco's Playhouse. Yes. Which is what you do now. So, right. My whole experience in my background all led me to, to today. How it kind of happened was pretty funny. Um, well, first I have nieces, young nieces. Um, at the time when I thought of Coco's Playhouse, the idea, I was, they were like one and three years old. So, you know, I would see, they would go to these music classes, but then I would see them watch like YouTube shows like Miss Rachel and Blippi and, 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 and I, you know, I'm very interested. I'm like, oh, how much do these people make? And how are they successful? A lot. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, there's like a really big business about yes. this. And, you know, I'm also very passionate about kids and I love, and, you know, obviously I love music and entertaining, but I didn't really think anything of it. So I, yeah. I was in Costa Rica. This is what shows you that like, the universe really does look out for you. Things will come. Yeah. You can't think too much. Oh, I want to do it. It will come to you. So I was in Costa Rica and I don't know if it's, you know, the beautiful blue zone, Costa Rican air or the universe, but I just had an epiphany and I was like, I'm going to be the next child, like entertainment star, like Barney or the Wiggles or Blippi. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's literally how it happened. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a DJ and no, no, no. It was just like, I want to be, I don't know what it is yet, but it's going to be that. You had a vision. I had a vision. Like, that's so Raven. Like, I'm not even, like, I was like, <laughs> so when I got back to Miami, it was kind of like, okay, who am, what am I? I didn't know what it was. And again, this is where past experiences and past jobs come into play. I was like, wait, I used to have an arcade bar, like a barcade at a pop-up a couple years prior, and it was called Coco's Playhouse. 
and people call me Coco. My name's Courtney, but people call me Coco because that's my DJ name. And it just stuck. And now I'm Coco. And I'm like, wow, that sounds so fun. And it's like super young. Yes, there's Coco Melon, but it's still different. But Coco is super easy to say. You have to also think about that too. Like yeah. Coco, like kids can say that. Right. So I had the handle and I was like, okay, I'm Coco's Playhouse. And I'm like, what? what is it? So the next step was kind of building what does Coco's Playhouse look like? And again, it just came to me. I'm like, I'm going to wear a wig and I'm going to have overalls. And then my shoes, I was like, at first I kind of wanted like a shoe to partner, partner. I, I thought down the line, like partnership wise, like should I get Crocs or Converse? Like, so, you know, Converse can do a Coco's Playhouse times Converse collab. But I was like, you know what? A few years prior, I was like hustling and selling light up shoes at festivals. I was like, oh my. And like everyone would love light up shoes, not just kids, adults mm -hmm. love light up shoes. So I was like, I'm going to do light up shoes. And so that was kind of the costume. I ordered a bunch of wigs off Amazon. I tried them on colorful and then the purple just stuck. My, my costume has evolved a little bit, but it stayed the same. The purple actually evolved, but it was overalls, wig and light up shoes. Uh, and then it was kind of then building the brand. And I actually... This is the power of Instagram, actually. I really needed a logo and kind of to start the brand. So I wrote on Instagram, looking for logo, brand, you know, and it's crazy, though, the amount of responses you yeah, get for that. Yeah, yeah. So people should really use that. It's kind of, you might feel a little awkward asking, but no one really cares and they will really help you. Yeah, yeah. So through that, I, I met, I not met, I actually knew her, but we weren't, you know, we weren't as close. I met my, my now manager, Kelly, shout out Kelly, who's amazing. And she's an entertainment lawyer. She manages artists. And, you know, at first she kind of just, we were just talking, like, she was just, you know, giving me some of her friends. And then she was like, I really like this idea. Let's build it. So we became partners. Like, she's my manager and kind of built this brand. There's two parts of the business that, like, I have to think of, right? There's a part where I'm I'm about to, like, launch a YouTube show. I'm going to have a music out. I'm doing a kid's album. So I'm taking it to, like, that level. And then there's a, you know, right now, DJing birthday parties. I'm doing kid classes. Um parks and stuff yeah and so there's two sides of that but both were needed right like people I'm, I'm getting calls all the time because people don't ever know what to do with music and what's cool about what I do is because when I'm DJing I'm DJing for kids but I'm also playing upbeat fun music you know clean versions but kids love David Guetta they love Kygo <laughs> you know they love they love anything that they can jump around and get yeah, all there it's crazy and the yeah. parents love it yeah. they even like oldies yes so it's been like super cute to see that and it's also super cute to see the connection because Parents really connect with their kids through music and dancing. And it's very cool to see that come together. What strikes me about your story is how you were always focused on the commercial viability of something. Yeah. Right? First of all, it sounds like you're a serial entrepreneur. I mean, I guess. I don't. I never looked at it like that. But yes, now I look back, I've, I've had many different businesses. Right? Yeah. So we've talked about some of them. You were a DJ in college. Right. You sold light up shoes yeah, and, at festivals. Yeah. What else did you do? Arcade. I had an arcade bar. I used to work with an app. I started a kind of an app with in college. I was going to like, you know, I was in the process of that. You know, at one point I was looking to open a like a, a restaurant. I've always wanted to create and kind of be my own boss, but it's hard. I, I think everyone should work for someone because you really do learn a lot. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know. It's okay if someone wants to work for someone like that's totally fine. Some, some people need that structure. So I did that, but for me, I realized I really need to be my own boss and need to constantly create or I get, you know, unmotivated. And a big formula that I, I use is passion plus a gap in the market equals success. You could be so passionate about something, but if there's no need for it, you, 
you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to make money. I love that you just said that. Yeah. I love that you just said that. And you've brought it up so many different yeah. times already right. in this conversation. Right. And when I talk to businesses that want to launch or when I talk to people who have an idea, that's always my first question. Right. Who are you trying to target? Right. And is this a need? Is this a want? Right. Does this exist? It's so true. It's like you could be so passionate about rocks, whatever, you know, something, but no one really wants to buy it. And that, well, unfortunately, what happens a lot is I feel like people think, oh, you're passionate, you should go after it. But at the end of the day, like, there has to be something that you like, but you, it's, if there's no need for it, you're not going to make money. So at the end of the day, like, it is what it is, right? Like, yeah. But I got really lucky that, like, I love music. I love kids. I love entertaining. I love bringing smiles to kids' faces. As cliche as that sounds, I really do. And I really am, like, so in the moment when I'm with kids. I'm, like, at peace. And there happens to be a need for it, which is great. So, I, so I'm happy. You're actually talking about something that sounds very Buddhist, right? Yeah. Which, and in consciousness, woo-woo. Right. But what you're really talking about is being present. And there is something really amazing that happens when you're – doing something that you're just in the flow and you can lose sight of everything else. And that's almost where purpose and passion and commercial viability mesh together in this big Venn diagram. Right. And it's it's funny because in the past two weeks, I have had maybe 10 conversations with people who have all been on a certain path. They all feel like, you know, Dr. Lawyer Banker. Right. They had to go down these certain roads. Right. And they're ready to break out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I worked at UBS, B as in Boy the Bank, and I was a wealth manager. I got my Series 7. I literally did that path after Emory. I, I, I We're very it. similar. Yeah. I have my 7, my 63, my 3. I got my Series 7, and then the next would be to get my 63. And so that was kind of my question was, is this something I want to pursue? And I was only like 23 at the time. And yeah. So that's actually when I was like, no, I'm going to pursue my DJing full time. So I moved out to LA and I started DJing there. I had a DJ group with another girl. So I I've did that for like about a year and then, you know, circumstances. And then I actually moved back to Miami and then DJed full time in Miami. Then I actually was like, hmm, the DJing was great, but I just felt like I wanted to do more. I needed more. And then more what? I wanted more. I think it was more business, more challenge. Got it. With DJing, it's kind of not challenging, you know, if you're just DJing a club. How do you define challenge? I, I, and that's a good question because it could be different for some people. Right. Um, for me, it's, I think I need to be like wheeling and dealing, hustling, making moves. Like So it's the entrepreneurial side. Yeah, it comes at right. And yeah. so you can't have that in DJing, but at some time it just gets kind of the same. And so that's when I decided, I was like, again, another epiphany. I was like, I want to go back to school and get my MBA in hospitality because uh, I've always loved hotels and hospitality. I, you know, I always wanted to own a restaurant and a bar. I did that. I had the, an, a barcade for a little bit. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to go to hospitality school. And I want to go to the best one in the world in Europe. And my friend's dad told me about a cold hotelier de Lausanne. It's in, it's in Switzerland. It's like right outside Geneva. And, you know, at first you're like, well, that's number one. Like, me I'm gonna get in like no way like I really did doubt myself even though I did go to Emory and like yeah but I was like you know what I'm gonna do it so I studied and I and I got in and so I went to Switzerland for a year um I got my MBA out there which was an amazing experience uh you know 
that the school was great. You know, I learned a lot about hospitality, but I think the biggest thing and people need to realize when they go to any kind of school is the network is super important. Yeah. So you really do have to go to those happy hours and meet those people and go out with your classmates because it's all about network. It's all about mm-hmm. who you know. Even in my business now, it's about who you know. Yeah. That's yeah. how I've grown my business is who I know and who they know and who they know. And a hundred percent. I agree with you without a doubt. Yeah. So that was a great experience in Switzerland. And at the time, what's funny was I was like, which most people think when they go to Europe and especially now when they see Emily in Paris, they're like, I'm going to move to Europe. And by the way, another similarity, because I went and I lived in London for a year. Oh, you did? Just for fun? Well, I with my former employer. Okay. Yeah. So How was that? Incredible. Yeah. And actually tying it back to your story, I think I grew up in London. I think I became an adult. Oh. In London. Okay, I see. Yeah, no, I wasn't raised in I, London. I really You're like, like, you don't have an accent. What's going on? I came back with a little one. My friends gave me <laughs> yeah, really? a really it's hard a time. Eye. It's a sexy accent. Yeah, it was very Madonna. Anyways, there's something about being on your own that allows you to be who you are. And it yes. kind of ties back to this theme of identity that is kind of the, the string that connects your whole story together. Because here you are. You were always incredibly creative. You wanted to be an actress. You wanted to be a DJ. You wanted to work on Wall Street at UBS. Then you wanted to become a hotelier and you went to Switzerland and now you come back and you start a children's entertainment company. So that's a lot of different facets of you Yeah, that seem to all be brought together in this, almost beautifully, in this idea of Coco's Playhouse because you have the hospitality aspect Mm -hmm. of being a service right. and catering to the families and the kids, yeah. right? Making it an enjoyable entertainment experience. You have the business finance aspect it, uh, of it, which you call the hustle, right? right? The entrepreneurial spirit that we've already established you've right. been doing since you were basically out of the womb, right? Right. And then you have this creative aspect, yeah. which seems really central to who you are. Yeah. No, it's, it's really interesting how it did all come together. That's why... This is the first time in my life that I feel like I found really what like I'm not even that like necessarily I like or that is lucrative. It's like I really feel like I was made to do it. So you have this journey that's right gone on lots of different twists and turns, right? right? What about all those experiences do you think allowed that epiphany to happen? I was working at a job and I was feeling very professionally unmotivated and not fulfilled. Yeah. That's really how it started, to be honest. I was feeling unfulfilled. And so I was kind of searching, what is it that I want to do? So it was funny because I was in Costa Rica. I was actually DJing out there for like a DJ tour. So I was going, I was DJing at different cities and I was traveling and I was kind of doing my creative side, which I really enjoyed. But this is adult DJ. But I was like, I still don't, that's not necessarily what I want to pursue is be a right. DJ. Right. But I was feeling super unfulfilled. And I guess I was, I had thought of it about, you know, I had looked what my nieces were watching and I had saw, saw how people were being so creative and so themselves and making a lot of money off of it. And, you know, it's obviously not all about money, but at the end of the day, if you're doing a business, you, you need to, you know. Everyone needs to live. Right. Yeah. And so I, it just came to me because I feel like it was building up, right? Like I would hang out with my nieces a lot. I would go to their their play groups and the kids, We I would they would always love me and we would play with them. And moms would always be like, you should do something for kids. You should do something for kids. So yeah. I feel like it was just kind of like in my body and it just came out one day. This also sounds very woo-woo Buddhist, yeah. but it, it's almost like you were getting external, external signs. 
yeah. to a certain extent. And it's funny because in what I do, especially on a career and executive coaching perspective, I joke, I deal and specialize in identity crisis. Yes. <laughs> right? And it, it's a journey I went on, right? right. I, I feel like for myself, I was in this box of you have to be on finance in finance, you have to work on Wall Street, you have to become this high-powered woman. And I realized I was li- living someone else's dream. Yes. And I almost feel like for me, through action, through experimentation, through trying different things, and even through having conversations with different people, I was able to figure out what it was that was going to bring me that fulfillment right. that you're talking about. And it sounds like in your case, you were doing that, right? Like no one can say you weren't throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what stuck. You you had an idea and you did it, which right. I really admire. Thanks, yeah. And it almost seems like through that action – you were able to kind of open the possibility for something like this to come to you. Yeah, no, it's true. And and that's kind of what it is. It's You have to let it come to you. And like I said, when I had the idea to be this next kid's entertainment, you know, star, if you want to call it, which I'm working on. You will be. <laughs> um, we're putting it out there. Yeah, we're putting it out there. It, it was like I didn't know what it was. But then all my, that's when all everything in the past that I had done, DJing, music, yeah. hospitality, kind of all came into my network, all kind of worked together to create the business. Isn't it amazing? I'm thinking right now of the saying hindsight is twenty twenty. Okay. Because what you just said was looking back, you see the narrative. Yeah. Looking back, you see how everything's come together seamlessly to bring you where you are now. Right. And it's almost a good reminder of appreciating the journey. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I can talk from experience on my own journey. It sounds like on your journey, people's journeys who I talk to every day, it can be very frustrating if you're in a place you don't like. It can be very frustrating if you're lost or you don't know what you want to do. And there is this element of comfort that when the epiphany happens, right, maybe you'll be able to look back and see how it all came together beautifully. No, I agree. You, I think everything happens for a reason and you do everything for there's something behind it like nothing that I did like people could be like oh well you went to hospitality school now you're doing wheels on the bus with kids like how is that related but it really is it brought me to where I am today so you've obviously had a very winding journey right right and some people could see that or perceive that as well what are you doing it's it's is it aimless right right did you ever encounter any self-doubt as you were going through that? Yeah, of course. Even today, I'm, I self, I have self-doubt. I mean, every day. You never... In the beginning, 100%. So I thought of the idea, and I thought it was great. Then my first, where I first went to was, who do I think I am, Disney? I'm going to create a, a character? <laughs> By the way, again, I think it's a genius idea. Thank you. Genius idea. And that I think that's kind of what got me going, is support from people saying that and being yeah. like, you can do it. But so much self-doubt like who like who am I like to think that I could create this this kid's brand because in my mind my vision is to really be someone you know like big like the Wiggles or Barney yeah yeah uh, you know hopefully support is super you know again that sounds that might be corny or cliche but really support does really help it takes a village yeah and I think it's a farce if anyone thinks that you can do anything alone right right it's really true every entrepreneur I know myself included goes through periods where they're like am I a joke right is this really going to become a thing, right? And and we're our, our own worst enemies sometimes. 
no, it's it's really true. And so, like, obviously, you know, now I have a manager, which is great. Um, I have my family, friends, support. That's kind of how I also built my company. Um, my first job was at my niece's birthday party. And so that kind of, I wore my wig and people were like, no one, people I know didn't even know it was me. And they're like, wait, Coco, Courtney, is that you? And so that's kind of, it was the effect of that. And then people started booking me, it was word of mouth. And so that's kind of how it started. But yeah, a lot of self-doubt. But now I'm at the point, now it's like kind of, I'm taking it to the next level. I have a YouTube show coming out soon. That's awesome. Um, a kid's album where I'm working on. So it's a lot of exciting thing. I'm working on merchandise. So you love can, merch. You too can have this CP Coco's Playhouse hat. Love it. So yeah, sign me up. So there's a lot going on um, behind the scenes. So I'm super excited. First of all, it's all very cool. And I'm already thinking about my son's birthday party yes. and how I have to get you to, <laughs> to come DJ it. Back to this theme of identity because it just keeps coming up in your story, yes. right? There's the identity of all the different facets of your personality right. and being able to bring in your creativity and your very clear business mind and business savvy. And there's also, you just, you set a phrase and you probably didn't even notice you you said it but you said who am I right, right? that's that's identity too that's ego that's right. part of ego right there's like the ah here I am right. and then there's a well who who am I like who am I to think this who am I to think this and I think a lot of people use the term imposter syndrome okay which I, I personally don't like that term I think it's been co-opted I think everyone has self-doubt so why make it bigger than it is right right I'm curious how you push past it. How I would start it would be something that I kind of touched on before would be support. And then I also think like, I know you do, you have a business, you do business consulting, coaching. Yeah. I think people shouldn't be afraid to reach out to that. Like that's super, everyone needs someone. And I did not pay Courtney to say that. Everybody. Yeah, no, but you know, I'm, I'm adding that in. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. Like amazing. <laughs> but not everyone, you can't be good at everything. I think that's kind of what I realized is like, I can't be good at everything. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't be afraid to reach out for help. The best, the biggest companies are built by founders with the S Airbnb, three founders. Like you need people to bounce ideas off to, to work with. Like it's very important to have a community and a, a support system. I think that's super what's helped me. Well, I love what you just said, which is you have to celebrate what you're really great at and fill in the gaps and be really aware of what you're not great at. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't do it for a really long time. I didn't pause because I was on this, I call it career autopilot, where you're just like out of the gate, ambitious, got to get, right. you know, the golden ticket. But you never really stop to think about who am I? What's important to me? What do I want? How do I define success? Right. And... How do you think you define success at this point in your life? So obviously, I would say besides monetarily, right? <laughs> it's like obviously for making money. Which is a metric. Money is a metric. It's a metric, yeah. I and think it's feedback and also if people are like recommending you at my point right now. Like if, if someone, you know, and so if you're getting recommendations from people, then that means that they enjoyed your service or whatever you're offering. If yeah. people are spreading the word about you, that means... Yeah that you're doing well, it's it's a hard thing to see because some people, you know, don't talk about it because they're scared something bad. If you ask, oh, how'd I do? You know, you don't want bad feedback. But I think to me, how I measure it is, yeah, how many, obviously how many gigs I'm getting, how, if I'm making money and is, are people, how are people reacting to this product? And to me right now it's working because I'm getting gigs from a lot of, and a lot of my gigs are coming from word of mouth. So it's amazing to me how our definitions of success evolve. Yeah over time too. 
right? Yeah. As you look back on your journey, what are the biggest lessons that you've learned? Biggest lessons is everything is going to work out and don't ever think you're doing something for no reason. Every All of the experiences that you've had are going to come together and kind of help you figure out what it is that you're meant to do. Always push yourself even when you're uncomfortable because you will feel A, so good after and you will learn so much from that. A great example is when I did my first kids class, I was super nervous, super uncomfortable, you know, scared. Are they going to like me? Are they going to not? But I just kept telling myself, you're going to be good. I did it. And the amount of not only obviously relief, but you get a dopamine hit, you get you get excited and you could see how well you did from that experience. You just carry that through and then you continue. And then now now that I when I do gigs, I don't think twice of them. I'm not nervous anymore. Right. And I think another thing is, too, is everything happens for a reason. Never regret anything because that experience will always help you today in what you're doing. I love that. Yeah. So that are you familiar with growth versus fixed mindset? No, but I want to know. Okay, there's a, I think she's a psychologist. She, but she did a whole study, Carol Dweck. She has a whole book on it. I'll, I'll show yeah. you the book. And it basically followed children. Right. And it showed that over time, people who oriented toward life from every experience is a learning experience. What can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? Overall, we're more fulfilled and quote unquote successful right. in their lives versus the people who oriented toward an achievement or toward a thing. Right. And that very much sounds like what you're saying. Yeah. Because as you look through your journey too, if you are the main character in your story, right, mm -hmm. all these stops along the way, it seems like you've picked up a lot of really great golden nuggets of information that you're now applying toward Coco's Playhouse. 100%. And you would really like that book. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you. I feel like I'm gonna give you a library of I'm about very twenty books. I love all books. I love books, especially about entrepreneurship. There you go. I have so many things to good, tell. Good, good, I have good. so many things to give you. It's not even funny. Through it, right? Because it almost seems like you've been on this journey of being, you know, figuring out what works for you, where you're being used well. How do you know that you're being true to yourself? It's just everything feels so natural, and I think it goes back to when I'm actually performing, when I'm like literally in the, I'm in the zone. I'm not thinking of anything. I'm low state. Yeah, I'm not anything. I am so present. That's when I'm like, okay, this is what I'm meant to be doing. The fact that a job is making me feel that way is super amazing. And and even when I look back, it it's so funny because when I was growing up, another thing I wanted to be like music, like singer and dancer, but I can't sing or dance. <laughs> but for kids, I can. Yeah. For kids, I can sing. I'm I'm singing songs in this album. I'm singing songs when I'm performing, like when I'm doing like I'm singing. And what do you think that's about? What it what Th that here you were, you couldn't do this thing and now you can do it because they're they're kids. Kids don't care. Ah, uh, yeah. Kids don't really care. Like, that's what's great about them. You don't I'm, have to be Celine Dion. No, I could be like they're like, wow, what a beautiful kids are looking to be like, wow, what a beautiful voice you have. And I don't. Right. So for and for dancing, like they don't it's amazing. I can kind of be who I who I really authentically want to be because it's it's kids. They're so innocent and they, they they just want kids just want someone to to look up to and someone who pays attention to them and makes it feel good. Like it's very simple. They really want people who to give them attention and to show them, like to lead them. They want leaders. And that's kind of what I realized and it's been amazing because 
I and I and I just feel natural with them. I don't know if it's because I'm a kid, my you know, at heart. Yeah, yeah. But it it just feels right. Well, it, it's funny. It goes back to what you said before about structure. Yeah. How you need a certain amount of structure, and it sounds like you are providing for children a certain amount of structure in a really fun way. Yes, because that's what these, these, especially a lot of the parties I do, it's not like I'm just sitting in the back DJing. I'm interacting with them. I'm bringing out props. I'm bringing out dance ribbons. We're doing freeze dance. I'm doing the parachute. It's like very interactive. I want to go to that. You should t- come. You would love the one. I'm I telling come. you, I've like already pre-booked you for yes, my I son's love birthday. So we're, yeah. we're, we're going. We're, we're doing good. it. We're, we're going to infiltrate the yes, mommy scene by it. where I live. I love it. So as we wind down, I want to I wanna ask you, and it, take this however you will. Right. What do you know now that you wish you knew back then? What you're meant to do, it, it will come to you. Just trust the process. And if somebody is going through that process and they're overwhelmed and they're confused and they don't know what's going on, they don't feel like they know who they are or what they're meant to do, what advice would you give them? Just do something. Even if it might not be what you're doing forever, just do it because from that you'll learn something which will go on to if you don't like that you'll go to the next idea but do get the get the wheels turning so it really sounds like a little bit of action goes a long way a very long way yeah so if if you're stuck get unstuck get un- just do something just do something even if it's so simple because it will give you you'll learn so much it'll give you courage it'll give you You'll learn what it is that you do and don't like. But if you're not doing something, you'll never learn that. I love that you said that. First of all, momentum. Yes. Once you get the momentum going, you stay. Yeah. Right? It's like, what's the the image? Like a snowball. If yeah. it's rolling downhill, it just gets bigger and yeah, bigger and exactly. bigger. And I have to agree with you, I think, for my own journey. Because there's so many similarities between us right. in, in different ways. But our paths are very similar. And I think for me, I was so overwhelmed I was so quote unquote lost and just doing something helped me feel productive. Right. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Just do something. It doesn't have to make the most money. It doesn't have to. But as long as you're moving forward, it's a win. And honestly, I think there's a misconception that doing something has to be like jumping off a bridge. It has to be leaving your job or doing something. It doesn't. It could be reading a book. It could be coming at it with a growth versus fixed mindset. It could be just changing the way that you have perspective or orienting towards something. But at the end of the day, it's very empowering. No, it is. And I think a big thing is if you're really worried about what you want to do, just sitting there and thinking it's never going to do it. Just live your life as well. Like go watch a movie, go on a trip as I did when I was in Costa Rica. That's how it came to me. Yeah. It comes to you. You just have to kind of quiet your brain a little bit and it will come to you. Quiet your brain. Yeah. Be present. Be present. Get in that flow state. Flow state. Know who you are. Exactly. Crush the self-doubt. Yep. And just move forward and do. Yes. You're incredibly ambitious. All right. Which is, inc- which is very admirable. Right. And you clearly are an achiever. Right. You're smart. You have ideas. You execute on them, which a lot of people don't do. Where does this desire to succeed or this desire to achieve, where does that come from? So, I mean, I think it's a culmination of things. I grew up, you know, my parents were never like 
you know, super strict or anything, but I did grow up. My dad kind of was self-made. He taught us from a young age to be independent women. And I think that's also where it comes from, not to lean on anybody. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of where that comes from is I really just want to be my own boss and my own leader. And I think I've always questioned why are we here on earth? And that's kind of what it is. Like, which is what? You know, I'm still trying to figure that out, but what what kind of mark am I going to make on this world? Because, you know, and I want to do something impactful and significant. And I think that's kind of what I'm searching for is what is it inside me that feels like I'm here for a reason? And I think that's kind of how it how I came to Coco's Playhouse is I've been searching for what am I? Why am I here? Like, what was my you know purpose in life? And, and, and look, for a few years now, it could be something different. But for now, that's kind of what it is. And I think that's kind of what I've always been searching is what is our purpose? And I guess I use that through my way of doing that is through success. And that's how I measure it. Yeah. Well, it's amazing because, again, classical civilization yeah. minor. Right. A lot of philo- you know philosophy, a lot of people philosophically can sit there and ask themselves, what is my purpose? What am right. I doing here? You're actually doing something about right. it. Right? So... What is it at the end of the day that motivates you to get out of bed and actually do? I want to make a change and an impact in people's lives in a positive way, which I know sounds like everyone does that, but I want to do it to like the masses. You know, I want to see like I did that. And to I want to create something that, you know, whether it's Coco's Playhouse now or who knows, like, I want to create something that can change, you know, people's, I don't want to say people's lives, but change the game. In, in what way? In how they, like, maybe, like, I'm made to show how kids can look at music differently and interact with music differently. When you say you want to have a deep impact on the world, what is the change that you want to be? I just want people to get along. <laughs> like Yeah world peace I think that I just want to see what I'm doing bring a smile to people's faces and and kids especially kids and that they can learn from and also be inspired by I want to be in someone they can be inspired by so you want to set an example and you want to bring joy yes to children correct so that what so that that they can, they kind of starts the effect, right? Then they can want to pursue their their dreams and be happy, and then they pass that on to their children. So it's almost an effect, the snowball effect, yeah. to use the same metaphor, yeah. right? Right. That's great, Courtney. This has been awesome. It's been amazing. I'm so happy that you joined us. Thank you for having me. Well, I'll see you at my son's birthday party. Yes. We've already decided this. We're gonna rock it. Awesome. And obviously, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, can you tell them how to do it? Yes, so my Instagram is Coco's Playhouse, C-O-C-O-S, Playhouse. My website as well is www.cocosplayhouse.com. Subscribe to Worked Up today on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your shows. And follow along on social media at Jacqueline Beck Consulting.